welcome back to another episode of Laugh Not to Cry. I am your co-host, Jeremy GJ. Hi, I am your other co-host, Jasmine. And we're back. Yay. Hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. Uh, If I've done my job correctly, we will have an intro song in front of this um, from my amazing cousin who's an artist and also a producer goes by the name of young jay santiago go check out his music on spotify apple music title wherever you stream your music it should be somewhere in there just put in young jay santiago you should be able to look him up but hopefully this intro is not for nothing and i remember to put the intro song in it's a pretty Um, good intro song if i do say so myself i think it's pretty solid I think it's pretty solid. Um, so I feel like it yeah. very much embodies the pod. I think it so too. Embodies the pod. I it's like really... black, mm-hmm. a little bit like classical. Mm-hmm. You got the violin or the favorite instrument. Got... Yep. Yeah. So I was going to add some like Joker laugh to it, but I was like, ah, that's going to muddy it. So we'll leave it as it is. Classic. Um, yeah, I want. I want it to be a. I wanted to be timeless and just just cool, you know, mm-hmm. just something interesting. Um, but as you know, we're just going to try to jump right into it. So today's a, today, a big topic. Today is uh, today's rough. Yeah. Today is today is rough. Um, and you'll probably know by the title of it because I'm going to title this podcast Reparations. Um yeah, yeah. Because where are they? <laughs> um, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but the uh, sorry, yeah, it's okay, Papa. It's <laughs> all right. You'll be okay. I promise you will. Um, the today is the beginning of what ended up being a two-day massacre in Tulsa, which was the destruction of. Black Wall Street. Um, and then today, other people are celebrating Memorial Day. So, and where I live, as we mentioned before, Ohio, um, they treat Memorial Day like the 4th of July. There were fireworks out, you know, the grocery store. Flags decorated. Um, oh, fun. In, or flags decorating lawns. Oh, cool. Um, what else? Oh, people were just crammed in the grocery store all weekend. Um, so, because people just, you know, it's been fairly nice. People want to get out and grill, and um, you know, this so too. Sound this is gonna sound really shitty of me, but I mean, R.I.P. to the troops. Thank you for doing your due diligence. However, as a person who has no family in the military, nor like anyone around me in the military. Memorial Day is just the day that pools open up and you can wear white again. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, when I was little, like, I had no concept of, like, what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand now, but it's the day the pool opened up. Like, the pool opens mm. that the, the weekend. Yeah. That's interesting because that also sounds like a failure of the American education system again. Well, the American education system. Mm. Yeah. I have a cousin 
who is in the military and I've had some other family members that are in the military. Um, my cousin Markiva was in the military. He was a, um, a tank engineer. Oh, period. Um, yeah, so he was doing cool Oh, wait, stuff. that's such a lie. My uncle was in the military. <laughs> oh, look at you forgetting people. Oh, <laughs> my oh. uncle was in the military. And my dad was for a short while, but he didn't like, he wasn't like sent anywhere. Oh, yeah, my cousin was overseas training troops and fixing tanks and doing doing the thing. So, yes, um, much respect to all the soldiers. You chose yes. a very daunting and admirable job because that's not something I want to do. Yes. Um, so shout out to the appreciate, soldiers. Appreciate all sorry of your for, hard work. Sorry for my ignorance. Shout out to the soldiers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, in the same context, though, I didn't really have any any wherewithal about what the significance of it was either. I just knew Memorial Day, something about soldiers, three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a, it's an oversight of the American education system and just also a cultural thing because... Black people for real don't celebrate Memorial Day. And then as of the last, I want to say five years, black people haven't really been celebrating the 4th of July either. And so yeah. it's just kind of been I like refuse a- I to. Yeah. And so it's just kind of been a, been kind of a thing where it's just like, yeah, we under, we know it's a holiday, but- people aren't really talking about it in our communities that much, which mm-hmm. I know kind of sucks for like the people in our community who decided to take on that task and decided yeah. to take on that role. And, you know, they probably would love to have the recognition from the, the people in their community. But we also just, there's just this disdain for the government and the, military complex because it's like we're fighting for a country that doesn't really give a fuck about us mm-hmm. um killing people who ain't done shit to us so yeah. it's there's kind of mixed feelings and i you know it's kind of hard because you're like i understand like what they doing is a hard job and it's rough it's also it's like it's also a job they chose yeah and so it gets to this really muddy water for me where it's like they're heroes i'm like sort of yeah, like but then also as a also as a black person though it's also hard to like get like to talk about what we're about to talk about and mm-hmm. still feel like we should take part in this holiday. Yeah. And so And even Fourth of July like even Fourth of July too. Yeah. And so to get into that, what I was what I alluded to earlier, today marks the the day that began the two day assault on I think it's called Greenwood, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, um, yeah. which is right around Tulsa, um, which was the home of the what is known as Black Wall Street. Um, mm-hmm. For people who are not, you know, educated on what that is, because why would you be? Because we live in America, or and if you learn you know, about it in a history book, or if you're one of our international listeners, shout out to the international listeners. Shout um, out. Black Wall Street was basically just the hub of where where black capitalism thrived. Mm-hmm. So because of segregation, um, there were a lot of communities 
around the U.S. where the black dollar ruled because the black dollar couldn't go anywhere else. And so black communities had lots and lots of money within their community. So if you think about it from the terms of a of economics today, they say the black dollar stays in the black community for approximately 24 to 36 hours, which is relatively short when compared to other racial groups. Um, But back then, the black dollar basically didn't leave the black communities um, Mm -hmm. because segregation. Where else were you going to go? Where else were you going to go? But that's also not like the case in all black city, predominantly black cities. It's no. just Greenwood was one of the wealthiest black cities in the country. Correct. And it was just, you know, it was the pinnacle yeah. of what and like a black- so many people and so many black people were migrating there to like mm-hmm. live there because of how well it did, because of how mm-hmm. well it was doing. And yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. Like yeah. so then um, what had happened was, mm. this is how, it's actually pretty unclear about what actually happened to start this, I guess. So there was a 19 year old boy named Dick Ro- Roland. Yeah, that was his name. And like, he was in an elevator with a 17 year old white girl. And they don't know, I heard in doing my research, I found two stories that are conflicting. Hmm. One is that he like bumped into her or tripped over her shoe or somehow touched her. Hmm. And um, then she like freaked out and went and told everyone that he harassed her in the elevator or assaulted her in the elevator. And then the other story from his like great granddaughter or great, like some relative of his is that he and this white girl were lovers and they got caught kissing in the elevator and then by a white person. And then the white person that caught them kissing was like, oh, he assaulted her. He assaulted her. So anyways, no one really knows what really happened. Huh. So but, a lot more he says, she said. Yeah. Yeah. As per usual. And it's very reminiscent of Emmett Till. That's what I was just thinking. It was very much, it sounded very much like Emmett Till. Which um, was. So, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. So then he gets arrested and out he's put in like the courthouse. He's like at the courthouse and then like thousands of white people go and like they try to essentially lynch him. Like they Mm. tried to get into the Capitol building to like get him and lynch him. And then a big group, not a a huge group of black people, but like a group of black people came and they were like, you're not going to lynch this kid. Like he didn't do anything wrong. So they were there trying to protect him. And I guess one of the white protesters or writers um, tried to grab one of the black men's guns and it went off. Mm. And then they all like retreated and then came charging into Greenwood with their pitchforks and torches, like literally and guns and crazy, crazy violence, crazy Mm. violence. Okay. Cause look also, I, in my readings, there was this part where it says that these this large group of violent white people also were like deputized, um, mm-hmm. so and were given guns from the by the police, um, 
And so I don't know if you came across that, but in the article I read earlier, that's one of the things that popped up. And I was like, oh, yeah, really? That's, yeah. that's and, wild. And then I read like also this was the first time that aircraft, like air, I don't know what you want to call it. Weapons, sky yeah. weapons. Sky weapons. Oh, boy. I don't know what you want to call them. Aircraft with <laughs> weapons uh-huh. um, was used on American soil. Like, people had, like, planes, like, went and got these planes and, like, were dropping bombs and raining down bullets on people that were, like, running away. Huh. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's dark and it's also scary. Yeah. Um. And so with that, there are lots and lots of people who were killed. And, you know, they basically didn't get a proper burial. Um, Basically, any reports you read just says unknown number of deaths. Um, Mm -hmm. They're all like in mass graves. Yeah. And... Nobody was charged for anything no. to this day. There so, were, the people that were charged were black, though, for inciting a riot. Oh, fun. Like, no white um, people were charged, only black people. And so today marks 100 years of that, officially, which is why it's such a big deal. Um, in the article I read earlier, there were also, um, I think there were three remaining survivors from that. They were all mm-hmm. over a hundred years old, um, which to me is like indicative of how like I talk about the civil rights movement and everything, and people make it seem like it was so far away. But I'm like, there are still people alive who can remember what the hell happened. So yeah. it couldn't have been that far away. Mm-hmm. Like we have people who are living well into their hundreds now, and so. For them to still be around and still be like, yeah, no, that actually happened. And I somehow made it out of that is wild, but also like proves the point like nothing has really changed a whole lot. Um, yeah. One of the, um, I was watching this like documentary, I guess, that NBC put out like in honoring, like in remembrance of this. And they were pulling like interviews from like 1999 because there were a lot more people alive then that lived Mm -hmm. through this. And one guy said that his grandpa was trying to like get him out. Like they were trying to leave. And this white guy would stop them. Like, where are you going? And the grandpa was like, we're leaving. We're getting out of town. And he went, no, you're not N word. And then shot Mm. him. And the, like the guy telling this, he was five at the time. Oh, man. And he, like, remembers it vividly, like, seeing his grandfather getting shot just because he was trying to protect him. Like, it's disgusting. It is. And that kind of goes into, like, this idea that something that's been interesting to me is that there's been research that trauma can be found in, like, your DNA. Mm -hmm. And, like, it can be passed on through birth and everything else. Um, generational trauma yeah and so now you have this person that was born with this generational trauma and then 
more generational trauma inflicted on him that's going to be passed on to his offspring on top of everything mm-hmm. else that was already there. And then you wonder why black people are just kind of sick and fed up and tired and rioting and yeah, what some people would call, you know, bitching and moaning. It's just like, well, we haven't seen any results. Mm-hmm. And so what else is there really to do? Um, and yeah, there are plenty of people and the, always the argument as well. There are plenty of black people in this country that are successful and pull themselves up by their bootstraps and they don't complain. And it's just like no one's saying that it is this is completely the reason why, you know, our group of people are disenfranchised. Yes, there are it is the major portion of it. Yes, there is also but there's also some accountability that's also have to be held in there. And, you know, people don't mind holding their end of the the stick, but also they still need help. Mm-hmm. When you disenfranchise the people for so many number of years, eventually going to be like, hey, uh, powers that be, yeah, I got to make up for that shit. Yeah. And that's where the conversation of reparations come in because as I've gotten older and I've thought about, you know, the, you know, the original reparations that you know, slaves were supposed to get when they were free. Uh, it's like. Wasn't it like something in a mule? It was a lot of land in a mule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get the number wrong, so I'm looking it up. But it I was feel something. Like it was like 48, 40 acres in a mule or something like that. I could be very wrong, though. But I know it's something about a mule. 40 acres and a mule. And so that's 40 acres is a significant amount of land. And so when I was a kid, I didn't understand. Living in the U.S., you have no real understanding or, yeah, no understanding of land. Or perception of land, or how much a set amount of land is. Mm-hmm. You just know when you see a lot of land, you're like, "Wow, that's a lot of land." Um, but forty acres is a significant amount of land. If you have an acre of land, that's a lot of land. Mm-hmm. It might take you two days to cut your grass on an acre of land with a riding mower, right? And so. Mm-hmm. The way that the country is set up, that would have been significant because you have property, which means you have an asset, which means you have something to borrow against to get more capital, to build a business, to build a community, to build more finances. And the fact that that was never given and was robbed from a group of people is one of the reasons that the disenfranchisement is so high within the communities because like, we don't own anything. And the country is set up that people who own stuff are the people who have wealth and have money. Um, And so the deal was already shitty, though, because it's 40 acres and a mule. One mule? Mm -hmm. One. To take care of 40 acres? Like, it wasn't even, like, necessarily a fantastic deal to begin with. And it's, like, not not even a horse? A mule? Not even a mule. 
a slow working animal, a slow working beast of burden. But no, that 40 acres in the mule would have been significant. It would have changed the trajectory of a whole group of people. So that's something that's now there are lots of lots and lots of talks of you know reparations and how that can be seen in a modern context and um how how we can transfer that idea to this generation now but it's crazy because people are using that as a as a bargaining chip in politics now like people are trying to get into office on a on the notion that they will pay reparations to black folks and they've using been that saying as, I feel like they've been saying that for forever though. I feel like that's been like a bargaining chip that people have been trying to hold for a long time and no one ever, you know. But it's like I wonder I want to know what the dollar amount. What what's the dollar amount of reparations? I mean, if you were to contextualize it in today in today's time, let's see. Um, it's probably a shit ton of money. It's probably more than America has. You know, we are stupid in debt. How much is? But how though? Because we uh, we borrow against ourselves, right? I just get really confused. I just, I need to take like an economics class because I don't understand why people can't just print more money. <laughs> uh, that's called uh, counterfeiting. Like, no, I'm not saying like you or I, like the 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 money people. Oh, uh, so that's called, inf- that'll cause what we call inflation. Oh, inflation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the dollar would be worth less even though the dollar is worth nothing because we're no longer on the gold standard it's all just computer numbers and debt basically our money is worth as much as our debt at this point so this is interesting it says you can buy 40 acres of undeveloped land in the rural parts of the united states for under fifteen thousand dollars that means no utilities far from towns no buildings unsuitable for farming or development so that's for land you can't do anything with. Mm-hmm. That's fifteen grand. Uh, this is crazy. Um, Forty acres is equivalent to, say, a field that's six hundred and sixty feet by sixty-six feet. So. That's uh, how big is 40 acres of football fields? So 40 acres in football fields would be 30.25 football fields. Damn. 30. 30 football fields. I feel like America doesn't even have enough space for the slaves. I mean, they could have. For each slave to have 30? Have 40? They could have. If you got to think about, if you think about heading out west. Oh, yeah, true. True. We don't, 
we don't think about how big the United States is because we look at it on the map and we think it's not that huge, but mm-hmm. the United States is pretty large and there's plenty of land to go around if they yeah. actually decide to give it out because they gave it to people. People got it. Yeah. Right? And so it made me, it really made me think because at the boss that I work for at the studio that I work for has a huge plot of land. They have a house and they have a huge plot of land. And in the middle of their plot, I think is 60 acres, which is like 4.375 football fields. They have a like this little forest area and it's just for their quiet enjoyment. Period. So no one can farm there. You're not really supposed mm-hmm. to hunt there. It's just yeah. for them to wander around and just have as a beautiful site on their land. Mm-hmm. That's over. That's like a slave and a half worth of land <laughs> for quiet enjoyment, right? Yeah. And so just sitting there thinking about that as we're touring, like driving around, I'm like, that's a lot of land. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of freaking land. And now imagine if you can farm on it. Imagine that it was sustainable and it could generate income or it's just something yeah. you can pass on to generations and it has some worth. Because I feel like even like, I feel like most people don't realize like, how significant like owning a plot of land like if your family owned a plot of land like however many years ago how much money that single plot has made your family mm-hmm. because like even just think not even like what if when the government like what if you were like on the edge of like what the u.s was then and the government wanted to expand outwards they'd have to buy that from you exactly like, even now, like the government has to buy your land if they want to put a road there. Or yep, like, eminent domain. So like I feel like that aspect I didn't even think of for like yeah. until just now as we're talking yeah. about this. I had a coworker who was telling me that he had a friend or a family member who bought a plot of land for ten grand. He was like, It's land, when you see land you buy it. And he had the mm-hmm. money to buy it, so he just spent ten grand and got it. A few I know years someone. Pass, Go ahead. A few years, a few years pass, and somebody was like, "What you doing with that plot of land?" It's like nothing, really. I just have it. And they're like, "You want to sell it?" They're like, "Sure." He was like, "How much do you want for it?" And he threw out a stupid number. He was like, "Like one point two mil." Guy was like, "Deal." Really? Yeah. And so this piece of land he bought for 10 grand wasn't using it for anything. Jeremy, you want to save up our money and put it together (laughs) and buy a plot of land? I mean, $1.2 million for what he considered a piece of throwaway land? We should do it. Like, that's wild. And so that's why people are, like, so gung-ho about real estate and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Because if you own land, 
you can flip it for crazy amounts of money because now we're overpopulated. If we had a marsh on our land, if we had a pond on our land, we could get 2.2. If it was so where people were eventually trying to move to, you could make hand over fist whatever you pay for it. Because like, like I said, we're overpopulated and we're just expanding further and further. I say we buy a plot out here. I mean, there's plenty of land out here, and somebody gonna want it for farming eventually. Mm-hmm. I just, upon an initial Google search as to what the U.S. would owe black people in paying reparations for slavery, I'm just looking at my main Google page here. Mm-hmm. Multiple articles say around thirteen trillion dollars. Oh, fine. Is what black people would be owed in reparations. I mean, they could take that out the military. Take that out the military budget. On this memorial <laughs> day. I mean, why not? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous to me that America has one of the biggest militaries by like fifteen times. It's like a crazy number how much times bigger our military is compared to like the second world's second largest military. Oh, well, no, no, they couldn't take it out the, the military budget. Defense the spending police, amount maybe? to defund the police. The defense spending amount for to seven hundred and fourteen billion in the physical year twenty twenty is expected to increase to seven hundred and thirty three billion in physical year twenty twenty one. So they don't we don't have trillions invested in the military, but it's getting close. It's, it's, it's inching very close to a trillion dollars for our military. And the um, argument I, a lot of people, a lot of the argument a lot of people have is that, well, some of the technology from the military and like eventually trickles down to us. But like, I don't see my unmanned drone. So <laughs> um, I think they could lose a few pennies to help out the folks here. <laughs> I mean, I know someone that owns a plot of land on the border just to stop the wall being built. Huh? Like the people that were the people that owned um, the like land down there when Mm -hmm. there were like a group of a big group of them that were like anti-Trump. So they put their land up for sale for like not that much money. Mm-hmm. Like along the border so that the government would have to deal with eminent domain and deal with trying to pay all these people for their plot of land. Huh. See, the issue with eminent domain, though, is that the government knows how to work around it. Cause they what are they the going to do right at the border? Right at the border, no. But for... Like we were mentioning earlier, like about highways and such, like there were big cases where like, you know, poor black people were like, well, I own this house and it's the only thing that I own. So why would I give it to you? Mm-hmm. And the government was like, fine, you don't have to. And they just start doing real shady shit around the area until the yeah. person had to leave. And so, but no, right along the border, that's smart. That is the... That is a true American way to do that. <laughs> to be a pain <laughs> in the ass and cost them money. Because that's the only language that is spoken is 
when you start talking dollar bills, then people want to start getting serious and listening. Yeah. But yeah, thir- you said thirteen trillion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was like the highest number, but it was like another article said between ten and twelve trillion. But mm. either, yeah, it's still a lot of trillions. Yeah, which you know we don't really have a uh, which we don't really have a a mind for or like a vision of like yeah trillions right people don't even know the jump from like a million to a billion yeah and so like there's just been video going around about billions in time and so like i think it was like like a million let's see let me not say this wrong it's like a million let's see a million seconds let's see so a million seconds is 12 days. A billion seconds is 31 years. A trillion seconds is 31,688 years. That's a lot. That's a lot. How, you want to know how much money we would get out of that 13 trillion? Approximately. Each black person would approximately get $349,984.23. That's a house. Yeah. That's a house in current market value. Well, not current market value. Right now it's a seller's market, so it's a lot higher. But, like, that's a modern home. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, think what you can do. You, then you could buy a home, and then you have an asset. Yep. And that's probably how they got to that number. They're probably doing it based on how much you know an average house costs in the United States, and then you know it's not forty acres. Definitely not forty acres because forty acres, like like actual good land, is going to be way more than three hundred grand, but. If you were to go buy a house in, say, Ohio, you can get a house for that. A nice yeah. one. Yeah. You can damn near get a mansion for that in Ohio. So, <laughs> you know, you can get you a mini mansion in Ohio for that. So, yeah, that's a that's considerable. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of money. The only issue with that, if we actually did get that money, Tax. is that- not even taxes, because how the hell are you going to tax reparations? That'd be dumb as hell. <laughs> Whoever passed that deserves to get slapped, and so does their mom. <laughs> um, it's that there's no financial literacy in poor communities. Yeah. And so that money would get blown through, and so the communities would stay where they are. And so if you're not giving reparations with financial literacy and you know how to properly hang on to this money, then you mm. you've done your net profit is zero. Mm-hmm. You've done nothing for these communities except loading them with a bunch of money they don't know how to do, what to do with. 
Yeah. But like, even if you didn't want to buy a house, like just like, I really want to learn the stock market. Hmm. Like, I think it's interesting. I want to learn it, but like investing that money somewhere or like, like yeah. things like that, that would just build like generational wealth. Like not even like it's, you don't even need a house. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of a house cause it's, it's immediately tangible. The yeah. results that you see in Wall Street and the stock market are more t- more so long term. The only time you really see you know, quick gains in money over that stuff is like recently and like all the changes that's been happening in Bitcoin and also like what happened with AMC and GameStop, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, people were trying to short it and, you know, general public got a hold of it and then they made a windfall. Um, but in in general terms, the stock market is is a is a long term game that a lot of people can't afford to play. So like yeah. over during the pandemic, I I tried I tried to get a part of it, and you know I got my Robinhood account because you know it seemed the most accessible. Um, and I started doing research and reading articles and learning all the terms, and but I didn't have the money to invest. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think I have, like, uh, over the course of the pandemic, I probably invested, like, $150. Um, and I haven't really seen any profit on that because it's going to take a while, one, for the market to rebound from the pandemic, but also because I don't have a lot of stocks, right? Yeah. You make a lot of money off a lot of stocks. You make a lot of money off a lot of stocks, right? So if you have hundreds thousands of a stock then you can sell those back and make a pretty big penny but if you're like me you own three of a ford stock unless those four stocks go over you know three grand which is highly unlikely because they've never been that high then i'm not really making any real money Um, yeah and so it's like you can take a portion of that money and then invested in the stock market and learn about it and learn about cryptocurrency and um, invested in that way. But that's going to be, that's going to be long-term gains. You're going to be looking at stuff that's going to be, yeah, it's going to take you a bit. You probably won't be into like your 50s, 60s until you see start seeing like crazy amounts of returns. And people think they're making big returns because they're making like $1,200. And it's like, no, that's not big mm-hmm. money. Um, I can't even pay my rent with $1,200. So, you know, it, it takes a while for your portfolio to grow and it takes a while for, you know, there to actually be true assets from um, the stocks like that. But things that can be immediately tangible are um, paying off your credit, right? You get, you pay off your debt, you increase your credit, then you have more access to getting a loan for something. So mm-hmm. like start a business, you buy a house, you have something to borrow against. Um, and if you don't have a mortgage on it, then that's your property. That's your house. The bank can't come take that from you. Um, even a car at that point, cause that's an asset. You can borrow against that asset. You know, you can um, be like, Hey, if I don't, pay you back for this loan, I guess you come take my car, right? You have something Mm -hmm. to barter and trade with. So um, I think it's, 
but yeah, it was like 350 grand, 360 grand. Like that's significant. That's a lot of money that can go a long way. Like, yeah, I could pay off my student loans and still have 300 grand. Mm-hmm. And the wonders that would do for my credit, although my credit is already pretty stellar, like <laughs> because I'm real good and I listen to my mother. Um, but I could pay off my student loans. I could pay off my my roommate could pay off her student loans, which is probably really hindering hers because hers are way. I think she's like eighty grand in debt. So mm-hmm. it's like that's huge. That's a big thing. Um, you can pay off credit card debt. You can, you know, if you have any liens on your account, you can pay that. Like it's, there's so much that amount of money you could do. That's actually, that's yeah. like an actual amount of money. People think they get 10 grand and think that's money, but 10 grand goes so fast. So, yeah. Somebody come with a reasonable plan to get us some reparations. Hey, if you ain't got your, if America, you ain't got your thirteen trillion right now, you know what? We'll I wait. know you. I know you're good for it. You just pay me installments until I die. How about that one? I don't need a huge lump sum. Just make mm-hmm. sure my shit's covered every month. I'm still gonna work. I'm not a lazy bum, but you know, just you know, them stimmy checks. I should be getting one of those about every week until I die. Until until my debt's covered. That's but that's the where unfortunate we're at. thing. The unfortunate thing is like maybe it's just the cynic in me, but we ain't we're never ever 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 never 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 gonna see that money. Oh, of course not, because if if it was gonna happen, it would have. But you yeah, because they should have been smart and just they should have just done it right away because then because now there are just more black people you gotta worry about. Yeah, and if you they would have done it originally black people. Yeah, if they would have done it originally, then they could have been like, well, we already paid you. Yeah. We already did our part. You know, that's that's the crazy part about a lot of stuff that happens in America. It's like they want to put the blame on us when the stuff they should have done already. And mm-hmm. then when we call them out on the shit they should have done already, they're like, well, that was so long ago. But yeah. if they were really- It wasn't tr- me. They, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't my grandparents. It's like, it probably was your grandparents. Let's be real. My grandparents mm-hmm. remember the civil rights movement. So, and they're mm-hmm. in their early seventies. So it probably was your papa. But anyway, if we, you know, if they were truly smart and extrapolated into the future as they should have, it would have been like, well, if we give them this now and they squander it all, which more than likely would have happened because, again, the slaves didn't have any financial literacy. They didn't know anything about property or how everything was. They were just kind of left to do whatever. Mm-hmm. But you give them this stuff and they just go, well, I got this thing. And they don't know what to do with it. Then they could have said they did their part. And, you know, it would have been over with. But now you got people now who have access to all the technology, to all the resources, to all the information, the same exact same information that everyone else is getting. And so if they give us that now, then there's going to be, you know, a rise of black entrepreneurs and, you know, the new rise of the new black Wall Street. It won't just be in oh, Oklahoma. I, yeah, I do have to, I, in the documentary that I watched, 
they were talking about how like eventually like they were able greenwood was able to rebuild itself mm-hmm. not not right away but like right. well I, actually pretty fast though they said they were like the documentary i was watching said it was done in like 10 years hmm. but did they rebuild themselves to their prior glory yeah 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 but I did, but there was, okay, so I wish I had my notes because I took notes during this documentary. I was pausing <laughs> it, rewinding it. Like, um, there was an article. Okay, so there were two articles ran in the same paper. One of mm-hmm. them was ran when um, that guy got, like, sent, that guy got arrested. Mm-hmm. And it said, like, it said, like, um. Nab the Negro who assaulted, like, a, a who assaulted a woman or something like that. And then it was, like, just talking about this case and, like, go get him. And then a couple of days later after the riot, after the massacre, like, after it was all said and done, it said, like, another story was ran. I can't remember the name of it, but it basically was, like, we can't let um this ever happen again we have to like destroy those n-words before they even get close to rebuilding like horrible horrible stuff like basically saying that they should not ever be given the chance to have their own successful thriving town again they call it an n-word town mm. i don't like saying the. i'm not gonna say the word uh i don't mind saying the word because i don't want people to say it in their heads the word she's referring to is nigger with the hard yeah. er, yeah, um, uh, yeah, and I mean that's indicative of the country, right? Mm. It's like that's the foundation of what it was, the three fifths, right? So mm-hmm. that it, this is what I told my white liberal friends when Donald Trump was was elected. The more I learn, the less I am surprised. Yeah. Right? So, like, people were heartbroken and tears, crying, and they saw my blank face, and they thought I didn't care. And I was just like, the difference is, I understand. This is, this is, doesn't mean I'm not disappointed, but I understand. This is what America has always been. Y'all are just now becoming aware of it. And so I can't pretend to be shocked when America acts like America. Mm-hmm. I can I can be sad. Well, I'm not even really sad. I can be disappointed. I can be, you know, like, I wish it didn't happen. I wish it didn't turn out this way. But the more I learn, the more I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. It just it's the same old shit. Every new every few years is the same shit. So <laughs> it's just like they just find new ways to um trick the white people, really. Yeah, it's just like, well, we'll we'll put somebody in that they like for a little bit so they shush up and think there's real progress and then every few every few years we'll come back and show them that this is still America. And you know, 
everybody would be in shock and awe. And then black people would be like, we told you. <laughs> We've yeah. been seeing it. We've been telling you it's not new. Do you but- think, this is kind of a weird question, but do you think that if Childish Gambino released This Is America now, it would get like, it would be as controversial or do you think like more people be like, yeah, I get it. Huh. I think the same group of people that were offended would still be offended. Mm-hmm. Cause I had to hear all about it working in my, working at the dance studio and yeah. seeing it on Facebook. Facebook when it came people- out, when it came out, my school um, did like a whole lesson on it and I got to sit in and give my two cents because I'm the only black person. And I said, I'm going to be sitting in on this class, even though I was not in the class. Yeah. There so was Jasmine a, will be there. Yeah. There was a, an audible <gasps> clutching of pearls and gasping. And how dare he, mm-hmm. how dare he shoot someone in the head and call it entertainment. It's like, you missed the entire point. Yeah. Of the video. And then he wouldn't even talk about it in interviews. Yeah. As he shouldn't have because it was self-explanatory. Yeah. But then I really enjoyed watching all like the deep dive like videos like dissecting it frame by frame. Because mm-hmm. like there's so much going on that it's so easy to like miss something. But mm-hmm. every time you watch it, you see something new. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. There's a lot of there's, And that's the whole point. Like. America's full of fluff and distraction. So mm-hmm. something tragic will happen and then something fluffy will happen. And then yeah. that overrides everything that tragic just happened. Now it's out of our news cycle and we're not thinking about it anymore because it's not immediately in our faces anymore. And now it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're up dancing and having a good time talking about what the Kardashians are doing. And so like the whole, the entire song, an entire video is, you know, indicative of how our like our news media cycle runs and the only time that we've seen recently where that didn't happen was george floyd because it was just plastered in our faces just like non-stop for a long long time so yeah i think i think if that song was released now more people our age and our contemporaries would be fighting for it to have a bigger platform than it did when it was re- originally released because mm-hmm. we're we're like yes look at this piece of art right yeah. and it's so indicative of our times and then the same people who are always clutching their or clutching their pearls and flabbergasted would have still been clutching their pearls and flabbergasted cuz how dare you say that about my America and how mm-hmm. dare you, you show violence to my children. And it's like, have you not watched the news? No period. Where have you but been living? It's also like that video is, I think relevant more so now than it even was when it came out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He really did something. He really did. Like that video is, that song, like, I don't know. I feel like you have to watch you have to watch it in order to get the song. 
Oh yeah, just listening to a song just does just not have the same yeah. impact. But I think it's something that like really like I think in black history, when you look back, that is going to be like a key. Like you know how like when you talk about like the late or like the nineties when gangster rap was a thing and you, like, mm-hmm. Tupac and Biggie talking about like the police and ice cube mm-hmm. and ice tea, like all the rappers talking about the police. In like a very derogatory way, and that's like, oh my god! I think that that video is like an oh my god moment when you look back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much. It's like it's interesting because it's like the pinnacle of conscious rap, but the rap itself is not that. Yeah, like the whole thing as a whole as an art piece. It's like of the highest, most consciousness, but just listening to the song, you're like, I'm not, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then you see the video, you're like, oh. Like every detail, mm-hmm. every, like every detail, the pants that he was wearing, mm-hmm. like the po- Jim Crow poses that he does throughout mm-hmm. the thing, the TikTok or the, I don't know, TikTok dances i don't know if it was tiktok but the dances and then like mm-hmm. SZA. the it's really, whole black it's really black masterful. church being massacred yeah the whole black church being massacred and then just going on happily singing and yeah and then the gun being brought out on this like pedestal while mm-hmm. like the bodies are being dragged off to the side mm-hmm. that really got me every time there was like a gun the little kid would run up and like put it in a cloth and fold it up and then run away mm-hmm. with it yeah, because we got to keep those. Those are sacred. Mm-hmm. Don't touch them. Yeah. Don't touch my guns. Don't touch my guns. Don't you dare come for my guns. Don't come for my guns. Don't tread on that? me and don't touch my guns. Jeremy, did you know that Hillary Clinton wants to take our guns? Oh, my God. Hillary Clinton wants to take our guns. Fuck that bitch. She should have been in jail already. <laughs> did you hear about the emails? You hear about email Not gate? The- I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, it just drives me insane. It just drives me absolutely up the wall of the things that get people in a tizzy are not the things that should get people in a tizzy. Mm-hmm. Like the things that should upset people never upset them. But the things that are just so mundane and easily, you know, fixed or investigated are just like the biggest thing that we can talk about. And yeah. it's like you wonder you, why we don't get anything done. Yeah. I have like how do you as a black person like I feel like the more I've like the longer I've been out of high school and the more conscious I've been of like what it means to be black and in figuring out who I am as a black person. I'm very angry, like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I've worked since the election, I felt better. But like the whole the whole last five years, I've been very angry, Mm -hmm. even more so the last two, I would say. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you like separate your like, how do you like be positive? (laughs) <laughs> as a Ooh. black person oh um so uh 
I like to use this quote, and I think it just goes for most Black people who are just conscious of what's going on. I like that line the Hawk says in Avengers, the secret is I'm always angry. Right? Because they're like, mm-hmm. how do you turn into the Hawk so fast? And he's just like, because I'm always pissed. I just just turn the pissivity up at, a, <laughs> at the appropriate time when I need it. Right? And so... The the thing is, like, yeah, that's the secret. I'm always angry. I'm always, there's always ruminations. There's always thoughts. There are always things that are going on in my head that, you know, would make any normal person angry. The thing mm-hmm. is, is that I also know that I have goals and ambitions that I can't achieve if the only thing I focus on is my anger. Yeah. If what if, if the your only... anger fuels you? <laughs> See, the, the thing is that being the thing about being angry all the time, though, is that it's exhausting. Yeah, it is. It 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 consumes a lot of energy. It consumes a lot of mental space. It consumes mm-hmm. a lot of my spirit, right? And so, in order to manage it I I get into a space where I don't let it fuel me yeah I get into a space where something else has to fuel whatever it is I'm doing so say I'm working out like when I go out on my runs the thing that's fueling me to run is not the anger that I feel as being a black person or like it's a protein me- shake. No, I don't even drink protein shakes because <laughs> they usually take regular dairy and my stomach don't like that. So, but no, what's really fueling <laughs> my run is this, this uh, competitive spirit, right? The fact that I'm always challenging and competing against myself to be better. And so even when I run it, I'm like, run, Jeremy, run faster, run harder. Don't you give up because I want to beat like my last split that I had or the split I had earlier in a week or whatever. And so you have to know how to toggle it up and down. You never not, you're never not angry. You're just not at the full level of it all the time. Right. And that's how you get through mm-hmm. your day. That's how you get through life. You get through life by toggling it up and down. Like, Okay, you see something that, you know, is offensive. Toggle it up so that then that fuels, you know, how you deal with the situation. But you're you're interacting with someone and, you know, they say something that could be offensive, but you can read their intention and just see that as naivety. Then you just toggle down because then if you could blow it out of proportion, then you're not going to be able to help them. And then you're just going to exhaust yourself. Right. And so it's that, it's that switch. It's like, yeah, I'm always angry, but I'm not always a hundred percent angry. Like you're always on a low simmer. Yeah. It's just like the boil could come at any moment. Yeah. Don't push the flame. But Mm -hmm. I, for the most part, I'm chill. I'm cool. I'll make it through my day. And that's a lot of what people say. They're like, Jeremy, you're always so calm. You're always just so cool and level-headed. Yes. One, I learned that from my mom. Um, she doesn't get too hyped about anything ever. 
Yeah, like like she's working on it where she's like showing like her excitement. But growing up, it was just like it's cool, it's mm-hmm. easy, baby. Just let it happen. It'll happen, right? Um, and then everything will work out. Um, and so that, but also knowing that to navigate through the world, I need to be able to toggle that anger up and down. Yeah. Right. I need to be able to interact with people I might necessarily get along with in order to get ahead sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm always at that low simmer. I'm at um maybe like a notch away from that boiling point at any given time. But I know how to control the flame. Yeah, that's like, I don't know. I just... I feel like I know how to do that. It's just like when, if I'm like by myself for a while, I just get really angry at white people or like not at all white people, but you know, the proverbial, Mm -hmm. but I just, it's exhausting. It is. is I guess this is just what it's like to be black. But it's also just like, you also got to think about your circumstances and your surroundings. Right. Yeah. So like, we don't think about because when I was in a space where it was like 50 50, I didn't really think about white people that much. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just worried about who my friends were and who I was hanging with. But like yeah. to think about white people in generalities, it was just like they're here, but I got people I can interact with. But then you put yourself in a situation like here where you're surrounded by mostly white people and you don't have too many people that look like you. Then it's easier to ruminate on the issues that you have with said people because Mm -hmm. that's all you're seeing, right? You don't necessarily have an escape. You don't necessarily have somewhere to find solace. You don't have somewhere to, you know, feel like you're not surrounded by the people who have in general, oppressed your people for hundreds of years. And so... And I also think the consciousness of knowing that, like, most people around here don't, like, I guess, see the problem or uh they choose to ignore the problem or Uh tell me that I'm wrong. Yep. Right. And so all of that starts to... stoked that and then you're left by yourself with your own thoughts so yeah kind of just just no other rabbit hole for you to go down right the mm-hmm. the, the to find positivity in that is hard because you're like like everything everything that sets you off and then you just have social media and then your social media is catered to what you already think right and so if you or not even what you think but the thinking of the people you surround yourself with and so yeah you are Sometimes surrounded by even that's triggering. Yeah, right. So you're surrounded by people who have the same or the opposite viewpoint as you. And so, you know, even if they have the same viewpoint as you, you're still seeing the stuff that could be triggering. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to stoke the fire even more. Right. And so that's yeah. why, like, Sometimes when we get on these calls and you're like, did you hear about what happened in the news about such and such? I'm like, oh, fuck no. Because I, <laughs> I get out the news cycle so fast nowadays because I'm yeah. like, Geez, no, I tried yeah. that. I tried it. I almost broke my phone on multiple occasions. 
is way too exhausting is way too unclear who's being truthful is way too mm -hmm. divisive right i need if it comes to me and i hear about it then i'll take it in organically that way but to seek it out i can't do it not at this point yeah. in my life maybe when i'm like my grandparents and i have a lot of time to just sit in front of the news all day sure i'll do it but as of right now i have way too many goals and ambitions to be stuck in the news cycle yeah when i'm at trash. Um, when i'm at work we have cnn all on all the time and like it just cycles like the same mm -hmm. like no matter who's talking it's the same story so i just wait until don lemon and chris cuomo come on because <laughs> i find them entertaining yeah just like their personalities <laughs> Yeah, they used to keep it on in our student center while we were having lunch. And where I'm like, no. If it's too much, I'll turn on like the the Food Network or something, something. HGTV. But um, yeah, I just like waiting until I see Chris Cuomo or Don Lemon because I just like their personalities. Yeah, I I can't tell you the last time I sought out cnn or any major news broadcaster because it's just like at some point y'all all sound like y'all full of shit and i don't but the one thing that i will say that like i applaud like cnn doing and i grew up watching fox news um just because that's like what my grandma watches mm -hmm. so i will say comparatively CNN does a very good job of critiquing everyone. And like, and I mean, everyone, sometimes mm -hmm. they'll say something about Barack Obama and I'd be like, you better watch your mouth. <laughs> but then, but like they do a pretty good job of critiquing everyone. Like, yeah, they're harder on Republicans or Trump Patriot party people, mm -hmm. but they critique everyone compared to Fox news they have their side and they're very much the allegiant to that side. And they only critique people within their party that speak out against the Patriots mm -hmm. or yeah. the, I don't even want to call patriots. them Patriots. I don't even want to call them that. Supposed. Yeah. The Patriot yeah, party was, members. When I was in the, when I was in the news cycle, I watched the young Turks. Um, and they're they're quite left leaning, but no one was above reproach, and that's yeah. why I that's why I watched them. Like basically, they were like everybody can get it, and I was like I can respect that. Yeah, you know, like yes, we herald uh, President Obama for his great deeds and being officer stuff, but he still bombed a bunch of kids, and they talked about that, and you know. It's hard to swallow when you know you hold him to such a high esteem, but mm -hmm. he did that as commander in chief, and that has to be talked about. Yeah. You know, you can't glaze over it. So, the fact that they were like, "Look, he did some cool things, but we still got to talk about this shit." It's like I can respect that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was with it, I, I I was really like I I appreciated their conversations and thought process behind stuff because a lot of it was just like i don't know 
the Trump era of news was just too easy because it was just so ridiculous. It was mm-hmm. like, you don't have to do anything to debunk it because it's yeah. common sense debunks what he's talking about. Yeah, you don't. it was really, <laughs> I really learning about like the ins and outs of like, um, like talk, late night talk shows. And I love Stephen Colbert. That's like mm-hmm. the late show is my favorite. And he said that like as they're like as they're watching, getting ready to like prep for the taping of their show, they were constantly having to rewrite stuff as mm-hmm. it happened in real time. Mm-hmm. Because things you'd be like, no, he didn't. Oh wait, what? Mm-hmm. Literally was too easy. That's why I've co- yeah. a lot of comics are like, we're not going to make any make any jokes about it because it's simple. It's really yeah. too easy. The premises are way too easy. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, so reparations, you know, we can always hope for them, but unlikely that we'll get them, Mm -hmm. um, rest in peace to, you know, all the service people, you know, who sacrificed their lives, but also rest in peace to all the people who whose names have been not put into the forefront, who lost their lives for, you know, the massacre at Black Wall Street in Greenwood, Oklahoma. Um, yes. I think they're currently unearthing bodies. Yeah, they are. Um, I saw an article about that. There so. was pushback against that too. Of course there was. The it there was a so the governor or the mayor of Tulsa he's a Republican and it was he like signed a bill to like um, start the excavation of the mass graves and he said that he like was at dinner or he was out eating with his family and this lady came up to him and like yelled at him like you're just trying to make my great my grandfather's look bad you're trying to make the white people that were in Tulsa at the time look bad and he's like no I'm not he's like my grandparents were in Tulsa at the time Hmm. I'm just trying to give people the respect that they deserve Mm -hmm. and give these families their family members back and some closure yeah and a a marked grave Mm -hmm. like unmarked grave is for people who were you know dishonorable that was what that was for right so why these people did nothing wrong? So why do they get the treatment of the dishonorable? Yeah. They deserve a proper burial. They deserve their family deserves some closure. Their family mm-hmm. deserves some solace and some recognition for the yeah. bullshit that happened. But shout out to the mayor of Tulsa on this issue. Yeah. I saw something saying like he was saying like it needs to be a community effort on mm-hmm. you know rebuilding and you know pay recognition so he said whatever we gotta do we gotta do as a community so yep that sounds like a a start um i was trying to think about anything else that was interesting that i saw only other thing that i saw <laughs> that i was telling you about uh was this meme is this meme that's going around 
Oh, also to our listeners, I know it's gotten really black really lately, but you know, we're two black folks, so you're just gonna have to bear <laughs> with us. We'll get we'll get on to other stuff eventually, but you know, we gotta talk to black shit first, because that's what we are for first and foremost. Um uh, but along that same thought of being black, <laughs> um, <laughs> the meme that's been going around is uh, white people be staring like they can't believe black people are free. Um, and th- it was a level of hilarity to me because for like the past week, I've been walking around just froze the fuck out. Um, yeah. Because I needed to wash my hair. Um, basically, that's what it was. I took my twist out. I needed to wash my hair. My twist out turned into a fro. I was busy. And so, <laughs> and grocery shopping and rural semi-rural Ohio with my fro out in the eyes the amount of eyes staring at me like they had never seen hair before Mm -hmm. was just ridiculous and the stare always bothers me because it's it's never like a intuitive like Mm, thinking stare it's just like this glossed over just bug-eyed stare and it it just makes me that 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 thing that i tell you that could take me from simmer to boil real fast is one of (laughs) those that's one of those things like get out my face shoddy Mm -hmm. like i don't know you like my thing now is i'm just gonna ask like do i know you because you are in my real cuz if you was any closer i could eat you like get out my (laughs) face like i cannot stand it like yeah i i catch eyes with people all the time because a part of my growing up was you know you scan you scan wherever you are you check for exits you check for threats you check people's body posture you are doing threat assessment all the time and so i'm always scanning looking back and forth and i catch eyes with people and they lock in and it's like cuz what do you need from me <laughs> why are you trying to stare into the depths of my soul like mm-hmm. and that that meme just kind of sat with me like huh be walking together but a few hundred years ago this wouldn't have been a thing. Like, that's just what it feels like. It feels like this ancestral attack. Like, ugh, it just is so gross. You just like stop. Just in general, people stop staring. It's okay to look. It's okay to glance. Yeah. If you want a second look, do that. Third, fourth look, you can do that. Just don't stare. It is so yeah. incredibly rude. It's a ball. It's also a ballsy thing to still stare at someone when they catch you staring at them. They still just be looking. Like avert your eyes or something. And the Acknowledge only thing the I, fact that I caught you. And the only thing that gets them out is if you like flinch at them, and then they're like, then, <gasps> "Oh, right." It's just like <laughs> I caught you staring. Like, why are you still looking at me? You know what you should do. This, <laughs> this is really funny in my head. I don't know if it's going to translate. Oh, boy. But you should, next time someone stares at you like that, walk up to him like Steve Urkel and just go, well, hi there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
maybe I would do that if I was more of an extrovert, but the introvert in me is like, stay the hell away from me. I, I already don't want your eyes on me. Could you imagine someone coming up to you in a store walking like Steve Urkel? Oh my God. Oh man, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't imagine it because but also I could because I always I get dad jokes from random white men all the time. Yeah. And it's just like and sorry, that kind I was of goes in back the, to our conversation last week about people talking Why to are you talking to me? <laughs> I gave you no indications that I wanted to have a conversation. None. I am look I'm working. You see the phone working in my it. hand. No, not working it. I am work <laughs> just working. You see the phone in my hand. I am looking for an item. I'm working for Instacart. Please get out my face. I do not have time for your conversations. I am being timed. Like I don't <laughs> care about whatever joke yeah. you're going to make. Yeah. And it, oh, that's the other thing. How oblivious people are to the world in general but i see a lot on white faces i'm saying that because i am surrounded by white folks and their oblivion most of the time now so mm-hmm. i'm walking down an aisle i see something on the floor now the mother that raised me said if you see it pick it up it doesn't matter if you did it or not mm-hmm. all right i think it's a receipt I get closer. It's money. I'm an honest person. I'm not a thief. I don't know what people are going through. I think it's $40. $40 in the grocery store. You can get a significant amount of groceries with that. So yeah. I, I asked a guy who's standing nearby where the money was. Hey, is this your money? He's like, no, it's not my money. Now, this guy has been standing in this aisle. I have to presume at least five minutes. Yeah. Before I got down the aisle, didn't see said money three feet behind him. Yeah. And so I was like, all right. And I'm looking around. There's nobody else. And nobody's looking like they're looking for money. So I stick it in my pocket. And he was like, he was like, it's your lucky day. I'm like, you know what? That's fine. You can have that part of the conversation because I interact with you. I go down the aisle. I continue shopping. I am picking up this person ordered basically every individual dog food, whatever. Yeah, it was dog food. I was in dog food. Aisle. Every individual thing you could buy for your dog, meal wise, like they wanted mm-hmm. these specific things. So I am in this aisle for like 10 minutes just looking for this individual dog food. And this man turns and cracks another joke. I don't remember it because I wasn't listening. But, sir, the conversation's dead. Why it's been dead. Why are you, why are you she, talking to me? She's six feet under at this point. Why are you talking to me? And then he walks past me a, a few minutes later and goes, hey, I dropped a few dollars. I dropped 40 bucks. Did you see it? Like, sir. Wait, the same guy that said it wasn't the his The same money? guy trying to crack a joke again. Like, get out 
Oh, I uh, thought you, he was trying to crack a joke. I thought you were, he was serious. No, he was not serious. He was cracking a joke like, ha, 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 that, six, that little money you found. And I'm like, this is. This I wouldn't is, have done any. I would have just left it there. Or I would have been like, I'm going to take this straight to the front. Yeah. Take me to the front. I just saw it as a blessing. I feel like God. I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm. <laughs> I'm hyper aware of like what people think of me specifically like white people. So I would just be like, oh, no, I'm not going to take this. It's not my money. I'm going to yeah. take it to the front. Yeah. But that's see. also just me. Yeah. That's not me. Um, mm-hmm. I was, cause I, I've been saying I needed some money and I saw some money. So there's your reparations. You know, I was just like, <laughs> Uh, I don't see nobody looking <laughs> for it. So, because if I took it to the front, who it probably would have ended up in the register. They wouldn't have called yeah. him. They wouldn't have called over the loudspeaker to be like, "Hey, yeah. did somebody drop some money." They would have just stuck it in the register, and then it'd be like, "That idiot!" You would have just had some money. And so mm-hmm. I was like, "Cool." I I I guess I came into some money. Now I did feel bad afterwards because when I got in line to check out, I saw that it was like sixty bucks, and I was like, "Ooh." Yeah, somebody's hurting because mm-hmm. sixty bucks in Kroger in the Midwest is yeah, you know, that's around the groceries. A, a hot commodity, a hot commodity. Yeah, so I, was, I felt a little bad then, but I was also just like, "Thank you, thank you, whoever's looking out for me because I needed it." <laughs> Peace up, big blessings. Um, Oh, black Jesus was looking down upon you. <laughs> don't say that too loud. People still <laughs> don't believe that, you know, a man born in, say, like the Middle East or Africa, you could would have been brown. <laughs> I just, I, every time I say it, I think of um, Jennifer Lewis and Blackish. Oh, black Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, She's an icon. She is. She's everyone's mom. She's everybody's auntie. True. She she's everybody's auntie. Um. So, but yeah, that that's my. Here's my moral. If you take anything away, if you skipped over reparations and everything else, moral of the story is stop staring at folk because mm-hmm. it's rude and nobody wants it. Nope. And if I catch you staring, at least avert your gaze. Yeah. So or we else don't. You're gonna get a uh, a flinch. You you gonna get jumped at, and then your feelings gonna be hurt. Or if you stare at me, I'm gonna walk up to you like Steve Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we decided we decided at the end of our last podcast when we got off air that we're gonna start trying to end the podcast on a lighter note. And so mm-hmm. you have now entered the J and J messing around zone. Taken shout out from, to our new girlfriends. Shout out to new girls. Um, so this is a Jeremy and Jasmine mess around. And so basically this section of the podcast, we're just gonna play games. Um ooh, ooh. and so today's game is Would You Rather? Dun dun dun. You would do you wanna give the first would you rather or would you like me to go? Um I got one. Okay. Okay. Would you rather only eat ice cream for the rest of your life or only eat 
brownies for the rest of your life? Uh, I would say brownies. Um, what? Uh, ice cream, for the most part, ruins my stomach. Oh, yeah. Are you lactose intolerant? I guess I am. I have not been formally diagnosed, but every time I eat it. some sort of dairy intolerance? Yeah, every time I eat it, my toilet is unhappy with me. So Okay. May I offer an all- – do you like salty caramel flavor? It's okay. It's not my favorite. Oh, well, um, there is like this brand called So Good at I've Kroger. I've heard of it. And it's dairy free, and they make my it. This ice cream's a little; it's pricey. Yes, but it if is. You, if you want to splurge on it, it is um, salted caramel cashew milk ice cream, hmm. and it's so good because it's like salted caramel, but it's like kind of nutty because it's cashew milk and not mm-hmm. cow milk, and it's saltier because it's cashew milk too. Hmm. Okay, it's really good. Cause I tried. There's another one. That's based off of almond milk, which is what I use for like cereal and stuff. And it was, it was good, but they only had like vanilla and chocolate and it was like four fifty nine a pint. And I was like, yeah, no. So yeah, I would, I would still have to go with brownies also because, you know, growing up, we did not have the best dental care. So my teeth, cold things. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have to eat. I have, it has to go on the right side because the left side is ruined. So, <laughs> When I want to um, weird one of my sisters out, I'll bite into If we're eating ice cream like on a cone oh, or something, I'll bite god. into it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have a friend. She, uh, she lived in Hawaii. Shout out to Audrey. She hosted me when I went to go visit. Shout she, out, Audrey. She, we both have this uh, affinity for uh, these fruit bar ice cream popsicles and specifically the lime ones. She's like, you want to, I just got in, I just got into lime. Um, I, when like I went to real Mexico, fruit popsicles, uh huh, yeah, isn't lime the shit? Yes. So, I went when I went it's to so Mexico, refreshing. went to Mexico for the first time, my first trip out of the U.S. They put lime on everything, and I was like, how. Have I been sleeping online? So mm-hmm. good. So yeah. So she was also into those fruit pops. She's like, you want a lime? But not bar? the was... fake lime bullshit. No, not that the fake lime, lime bullshit. Actual lime. Actual like you, lime. when you can taste the individual, like I don't know, the fruit. Yeah. Like when you can taste actual fruit. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you want one? And I was like, absolutely. And so I'm eating a popsicle. That's normal. You people eat popsicles. And she goes. <laughs> And bites it down to the stick. And I, my soul <laughs> left my body. Because I've never seen someone with teeth that damn strong. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you got some strong ones. Because I, <laughs> my teeth hurt with this just in my mouth currently. Yeah. So, yeah. No. So, yeah, you two can stay very far away from me. Because you give me the chills. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, would you rather, this one was asked to me earlier. What was it? Would you rather have to wear the same underwear 
for a year or not bathe for a year? Mm, I don't know. Because it's really a lose-lose. Mm-hmm. That's well, what- I guess if I guess if you wear the same underwear for a year, you can kind of conceal it with layers. Mm-hmm. But if you don't bathe for a year, you can't really wash your pits or anything. You sure can. So probably, so probably the underwear. Okay, so I was called crazy because I chose that option, and she, my roommate, was like, "Oh, that's gross." And I was, and then she came from the. Women's perspectives like women have vaginal discharge. And I said, but the rules never say I couldn't wear panty liners. And sure. so if I'm washing my ass regularly, underwear ain't going to get that bad. I just have to make sure I don't work out. Or if I work out, I don't work out in the underwear, right? I just yeah. have to be free balling in my and gym shorts. And you can just go commando. So I was like, underwear. with the underwear. With the underwear, you know, y'all can wear panty liners. If, if I wanted to wear a goddamn panty liner, I could if I want to catch the ball <laughs> sweat. So <laughs> underwear sounds like a better deal to me than walking around here functified. Yeah. Smell like, you know, Going garbage. Up. So, no. Underwear seemed like the easiest, most considerate <laughs> answer to mm-hmm. me. All right. You want to do another round? Or you think that's good? Let's do one more round. One more? All right. Okay. Would you rather always be ashy or not, or have not, or always have nappy hair, like fuzzy? Okay. Um, For the people who don't know, uh, ashy just means dry skin. Black vernacular and nappy, it's basically it's just you can't run your fingers through your hair. It's just not it's not managed. It's not managed well. Um, I'm very I'm very particular about my hair, but on the other hand, if your ashy and you're stuff a starts to crack, chocolate man. <laughs> But if you're ashy, stuff starts to crack and it starts to hurt. So since I don't like making myself bleed, I have to go <laughs> nappy. Because you can still style nappy. Yeah. yeah. But but ashy just starts to hurt. It cracked. I lived most of my life as a young kid ashy. Um I was not a fan of lotion when I was a child. So mm-hmm. I, I know about the cracks around, you know, the part between your thumb and your pointer finger. It's not fun. So, yeah, that that, that yeah. split in there and, you yeah. know, the cracks in between the toes. It's not a good time. So, so since I've already lived that life, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go the nappy hair route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well... I like, I don't know. I feel like I don't wear lotion as much as I should as a black person, as a brown person. <laughs> so I'd probably find being ashy, but you can I get away with have, it too. Yeah. I also like my hair, I don't think would do 
like nappy because it's like white people texture kind of. Mm. So just, I just, there was no way to style that. <laughs> so I'd say, I'd say I'd rather be ashy because I'm already living that life. I mean, you're already, you're lighter than me too though. So yeah. I am, I am, I am semi-sweet to almost dark chocolate. You are nowhere near. <laughs> no. So ashy looks. I'm like a caramel. Yeah. Ashley looks considerably different on me than it does yeah. on you. You, you look like, you know, maybe you touched a piece of chalk and it's still left over on your hand. <laughs> I look like I've been pouncing in flour. So it's a, <laughs> it's a dichotomy. That's a little bit different. Okay. Um, would you rather have to listen to your favorite song only for the rest of your life or only watch your favorite movie for the rest of your life. No other TV shows, nothing. Just only every time you turn on a TV, only thing you can watch is your favorite movie. Movie? Movie. Like not even like I, we can't even pick a TV show. Movie. <sighs> I'm making it specific on purpose. Uh, probably. Mm, this is hard. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't good even at this. Know what, <laughs> I don't even know what movie I'd pick one because. Okay, so let's just say let's just say Legally Blonde is my favorite movie. It's probably not, but let's just say it is for the sake of argument. Yeah, Legally Blonde. Or listen to my favorite song. I'd probably watch Legally Blonde. Okay. No, I'd probably no, I'd probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably watch Legally Blonde. Okay. That's a that's a good one. So my my favorite song rotates out a lot because as everyone should know by now, I dance, so I listen mm-hmm. to a plethora of music. But my favorite movie. It's still my favorite movie. It has been my favorite movie for almost double digit years now, which is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Johnny Willy Wonka Depp. And the Ch- okay. You with and Johnny I got to talk later. You and I got to talk later. <laughs> with Johnny Depp. Because Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder is a masterpiece within its own. Mm-hmm. But... I like Johnny Depp's sarcasm and dark humor more. And <laughs> I like the giggle. <laughs> Mumbler. Really got to stop mumbling. It's really starting to bum me out. So <laughs> being that that movie has so many quotables and I don't have a song, a favorite song, say from childhood, that I feel like I could listen to all the time since my music preferences shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably have to go favorite movie, and so yeah. uh, every time I turn on TV, it'd be Charlie and Chocolate Factory, wow, and I'd be Charlie okay. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I yeah. would not have guessed that for you. Yeah, it's it's dark. Like I read, yeah. I remember being I, when I was a kid. I read the book, Roald Dahl book, and middle school. A lot school, of his books are dark, and though. they're dark as hell. And I think I felt like Johnny Depp really got the dark the like Tim Burton Johnny Depp 
mm-hmm. weird coloring. Like, yeah. Yeah. I felt like that was more in line with what Roald Dahl was looking for versus, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I just, it's just hilarity. It's just so yeah. funny. Yeah. So. I just love Johnny Depp. He was my first celebrity crush as Jack Sparrow. I hear that so often. That is kind of sickening. But I was like, no, okay, but I was like (laughs) seven. I was seven and had a crush on Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. I never watched any of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So I had, do you remember those iPods that had the button that you turned around? Mm -hmm. The original, like, I don't know. It might have been the original iPod. Yeah. The classic. My mom had one and she had Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, on it. So that was what I would watch all the time, like if we were on a car trip or something. So I would just watch that on that tiny little screen. Mm-hmm. Which seemed and huge just, back then. Yeah. And I would just live my life watching Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. I don't, but how did I even get into those movies? I don't know. I, never, I don't even think I ever saw them in a movie in the theaters. I think I only saw it on like DVD and it just blew my freaking mind. It's just so fun. And every time I watch it, I just can't stop laughing. It's just mm-hmm. so funny to me. And it's like, there aren't too many other movies where I just like, if it's on, I feel like I have to watch it. The only other movie yeah. that might be like that is Fight Club. And I also read that book. I read that book and I watched it. And I feel like that was like a true, proper adaptation of a book. And it was... It was a chef's kiss. It's, if you want to, mm-hmm. if you want something that's going to like fuck your mind, watch Fight Club. Um, it's it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that that'll wrap up the Jeremy and Jasmine mess around section of the podcast. Uh, we'll just be playing more games. If you have any suggestions for games for us to play, please always feel free to let us know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to transition right into our outro. So. As always, you can find us on Instagram at laugh underscore not underscore two underscore cry. You can find us on Twitter at laugh not to cry p one, Gmail at laugh not to cry at gmail.com, Facebook at laugh not to cry. Yeah. As always, share, like, leave feedback, leave questions. We want to hear from you. Um, yes, we do. Subscribe. Yes. Do all the things. Um, and yeah. Be safe out here. Stop staring at people. Mm-hmm. And we'll chat with you next time. Peace. Peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs>